everyone, and welcome to the American Scouser Podcast. It is our regular Monday podcast in an irregular time because we had to go trick-or-treating. At least Bickler over here did in his Bamford costume. So we are back in an hour late, but we are here with the regular trio. I am your host, as always, Timuchin Ari here in Chicago, where we have less than ever trick-or-treaters. The kids are wimpier these days. They don't want to go out in the little sprinkling rain, apparently. Gally, how are we doing over there? Well, first of all, I have learned not to take any shots at children on this program yeah. or be critical in any way of kids and any type of panhandling or asking for things. And just because I love to be a dick, I absolutely love Halloween. Uh, no, like, wait, I wait, wait. Does the, do you pass out candy at Halloween or do you tell the kids you, there's two ways to get candy? You either go work and buy it or your dad gets it for you. There's no well, free candy. I never thought of it until now. Now it would be an awesome time. Um, every year, every year up until this year, we have passed out candy at the house here. We have we live in a pretty uh, settled neighborhood, and like sometimes you'll see like a bus park at the top of the hill, and kids just start rolling on in, uh, which is great. Uh, but this year we passed on it. The uh, dog is not exactly ready for this many strangers coming to the house yet. Uh, especially not post-surgery here. So he's chilling. He's not exactly loving all the people walking outside, but he's liking barking at the walls and yelling at people. So uh, I feel like that's mean, just about... What do you mean by settled neighborhood? Predominantly white? Is that what that means? <laughs> no, actually. Is that what that, that means? Wasn't... <laughs> no, I, I meant like thickly settled, like like thickly populated, like oh, with poor yeah, people yeah. Right, on little okay. plot, little neighborhoods. That is the rudest, whitest thing you've ever said. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks for making yeah, call, that work. Calling a galley over here. I was going to go more for like, we live in a rich neighborhood kind of a thing. But uh, what was the puppy's name, by the way? Oh, it's Smokey. Smokey. So, by the way, let's have a moment of silence. For Smokey's manhood. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Bickler, how are we doing over there? How did trick-or-treating go? How did your did your Bamford thing kind of pan out, especially since they won? Or listen, like I'll tell you what, I I am so bummed out for a number of reasons. One, I wanted to do the EPL show. I wanted to skip this one and do the EPL <laughs> show. So and when you guys were like, we'll do the EPL show without you, I was like, no, 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 we'll do the Liverpool. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, uh, Halloween for parents is a harrowing experience, especially for for me. Um, our family, uh, my boys, are especially a hot mess. I gave uh, these fellas the rundown about that, what that looked like for me tonight. Um, I'll spare the rest of you guys because – Nobody else wants to hear that bullshit, but yeah, well, it was. Exactly. Um, Everybody wants to hear that, but that would make the podcast a two-hour show. We might do just a special on the big. Let me just tell you. Let me just tell you that I am not. I am. I am way too entirely too sober for for what happened for Halloween this year, uh, and I'm ready to get this thing going. Must be like a little boy thing because I don't know. Uh, we had girls and Halloween was always. Yeah, they sit there by themselves and color and shit. Yeah, a girl is a breed until they're like 13. 
it's good times. Halloween is good times. Uh, like I say, uh, kids are wimpier, though. We didn't have as many kids uh, going out in the rain. There's always that parent that drives around with their kid, lets the kid get cold and wet as they're, like, too cool to, like, walk around in it. We didn't even have those people. Even the parents are lazier. They don't want to drive around anymore. But uh, So, I mean, we're going to get to the game, and I think that's this is telling where uh, I'm assuming you guys are going to enjoy the trivia even more than uh, talking about the game segments. Uh, this was the hated segments. This is probably going to be the most fun you guys will have the segment, so be ready for it. So we were going to originally do, BJ was going to send one about or either Napoli or Tottenham, because, you know, that's how we normally do these. But with the, our home loss over here, he has actually like a pretty darn question brewed up for you guys. So in out of the 30 prior Premier League seasons... How many did Liverpool lose only two or fewer league games at Anfield? 11. I'll give you the multiple choice options because uh, he has figured out that you guys are mathematically challenged. Good. So he did A is 8. I don't know if you want to write these down. Uh, B, 11. C, 14. D, 17. So I'm assuming, Galley, you're going with B11. And notice, Galley just jumped on the sword for you this week, Bickler, and didn't, you know, you know now you get time. That was, actually, that was actually a real friend moment right there. That, that's, <laughs> how much, that's how much the inflatable dinosaur story resonated with me. <laughs> yeah, we... You know, he says that. Wait, Galley will only jump on the sword for me if he's fairly sure he's correct. So my guess is he probably just Googled this shit ahead of time. No, 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 no. Actually, I genuinely was like, fuck it. I'm just going to say a number because this is ridiculous. I'm not going to play this. We're having fun with trivia tonight. Because because nobody wants to see me ugly cry tonight. That's for sure. Uh, I'll do. uh, I'll do. I need to fix my thing. I'll do C14. Wow, man. This day is your day, Victor. You know it's a fucked up day where you get trivia right. And, and the number is 14. Did, did, did you fall off your chair when you got it right? Or what happened over there? You would think that. But no, I went and got the charger that fell on the floor. And then as I was coming up, I realized Bickler got it right. And yes, I almost fell over. <laughs> <laughs> it is 14 actually uh five foot none uh which was obviously includes uh the season 1920 as well as 17 to 18 there were four seasons with one loss and five with two losses and we just got one going over here this weekend so what a weird week man i get this right i'm fucking kill it at fantasy something weird's happening i don't know you are killing it at fantasy because you're not playing me buddy uh but you know what are you gonna say about that you were we were missing when i was trying to get some shots in for fantasy in the rare occasion here but then you conveniently were not here on the podcast. well listen i've moved up 134 spots in a couple weeks so i'll take it Notice Bickler only talks about fantasy when he's made up spots, by the way. But let's look at this works over here. And by the way, before I even forget, I did not get the visual for this. But if you are watching us live right now on YouTube, and if you are not subscribed, first of all, why the hell aren't you? Uh, second of all, you should, because today uh, we got like four hours left over here in our giveaway. So subscribe to the channel to enter as we will be making the drawing right after midnight over here, announcing the winners tomorrow. Well, this team was not a winner out there, Bickler. We see this lineup. 
Is it the lineup? Is it how we're playing? What the hell is going on? I mean, it's not the lineup. I mean, I, I think for the most part, this is the best available. Like, I mean, I would argue that if fully fit, I have Henderson in here. But I mean, it, it this is a good enough lineup to beat Leeds. Like, um, I just I'm so I'm so sick and tired of talking about this, man. I'm so tired of talking about it. It's like the same shit every week. I it's was just talking like, about the pre-show uh, fist fights uh, we got going with Galley uh, about you know. Sadly, we've been kind of having to repeat ourselves because. Every other week, we go back to where we were. We get a glimpse of a good performance. We're like, hey, hey, uh, the new formation. Are we putting pieces together? So-and-so is back. And then we get another game, and we're back to the future. So, Dally, you like the lineup? Any complaints? I agree with the Henderson point if it was healthy, because I think we play a lot better at home with Hendo in there in terms of how fast he moves the ball. Uh, mind you, this wasn't a game where Leeds was really sitting back. Or if they were, I didn't notice because their defending is not really that great. We just could not freaking finish. Henderson healthy starts for me, and a healthy Kanate is the starting center back next to Van Dyke. For, and I've been saying this right it, the tail end of last season. I was a Matip is a great story, Kanate is the future. And I think we came into this season, and if Kanate had been fit from Jump Street, I think he would have been the first choice with Virgil, all things being equal. Um, and right now we could use both of them because Virgil could use a break at times. You know, once again, he, you know, looked really heavy-legged and, and flat-footed. Those couple key uh, interceptions and great defensive, like, the nouse that he kind of showed against city where you started to think, ah, maybe he's got his swagger back a little bit. He's starting to feel himself and get confident. Um, you know, it, I didn't feel like that was there. My only gripe with the lineup, honestly, is that Fabinho started because on form, I feel that he's probably been the worst player consistently over the last month. Um, and I think that you could have started maybe Tiago and Hendo, but I don't know if he was fit enough to play. And, but I think Harvey Elliott gets exposed a little bit the same way Jones was exposed earlier last week when he started. I just think we're starting to see cracks and it's things we talked about all summer long about needing to additional midfield reinforcements and they couldn't be youth team players. They needed to be adults who could come in and add to the squad immediately, not grow into it. And these guys are learning on the job. And I just think we have different aspirations if part of our goal is to help them learn on the job. I don't even know. I mean, do you consider that learning on the job, Bickler? Because it's almost like we are slightly playing them out of position. So, you know, when you play, I know like the other day when you play Curtis, I mean, where he's not supposed to, is he really learning on the job or is he learning that, yeah, this is definitely not my spot? I mean, I think both are good points, right? I mean, like we talk about like the importance of getting these guys minutes if they're going to grow on the team, but like, you're right. Like if they're, if they're playing in new formations with unfamiliar people around them, also in unfamiliar positions, what good is that doing anybody? Right. I mean, I think that's, that's the sort of double-edged sword of this thing. I mean, I just, <laughs> I just think about this going into the summer. It's just so crazy to me. And I think the frustrating thing to me 
is that like we can sit here and like it really frustrates. Like, I mean, this week Jurgen talks about like he's like, if I'm being honest, and anytime he starts a sentence with I'm being honest, he's getting ready to not be honest. Like, 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 I don't mean to be, I'm not trying to be a dick. I I love him, but like he, he talks out of both sides of his mouth and because he smiles about it, people love him. And like, he, he follows that up by saying like, we could not have anticipated this many injuries going into the season. It's like, well, yes, you could. Yes, you could. Because if you look at that midfield and you say, oh, we had nine midfielders going into the season. Well, we only felt really good about four of those, right? We only felt good about Henderson, Tiago, Fabinho, and Keita. And we know that Keita has serious injury issues. And we know that Tiago – remember when we bought Tiago? We, we considered him the cherry on top. He was a finishing piece. Now, all of a sudden, he's a fundamental piece. Like, when did that fucking change, right? Like, it used the to be like, oh, day. Tiago – Right. Well, I mean, when the fact is, is that like, you know – I don't I don't necessarily agree with the we didn't replace Genie thing, but all of a sudden when Tiago became Genie, that was an issue for us because behind Tiago, in the in the caveat to having Tiago was always that Curtis Jones was gonna come good. If Curtis Jones isn't scouts, he's in the championship. Like if we're being honest about it. Like I just think that like and maybe that's harsh, but he just has never developed two sides of his game. He never has. And I think relying on him and relying on a young Harvey Elliott and relying on a Carvalho who's best in a 10 when we don't play a 10, like, it's just like, I don't consider those pieces that are reliable pieces that you can go into a season and say, yeah, this is it. So to me, when you look at those four pieces that we had, Tiago and Cato, which are consistently injured, and then Henderson and Fabinho, which are getting older, like in, in, in Henderson on the last, like four months of last season was like, was really dogging it, man. He, you could tell like his legs were gone. Yeah. And, and like, so I, I think if like me who sits on a couch and is just basically a potato can see that like somebody who works with these dudes every day should know that like it shouldn't be me being like, dude, we need at least two or three like quality additions to the midfield. Like that shouldn't be on people like us to, to, to point out as obvious. Like, and so I just find it really disingenuous when we'd be like, oh, we didn't, we couldn't have seen these, these injuries. It's like, even if we didn't have these issues, even if we didn't have these injuries, like regardless of the injuries, we needed them. And that's, I think that's the most frustrating thing not to go on a tangent is that like this stuff seems like it was completely avoidable. Okay. Two things with that. And I think, you know, we're, there's a fine line between, and we talked about this before, how Klopp, you know, builds a squad. There's a lot of loyalty and obviously, you know, it has brought success in the past, but that, that over the top loyalty that helps build that squad sometimes can be your downfall because you're kind of like, keep putting your money on people who are constantly injured because at one point or another, they were there to contribute. So we gave them contracts and they're still here. But so because of that, maybe because of their on the payroll, if you will, you almost have to count on them. But then why would you like count those people in like as options? You know, in the beginning of the season, he was like, we have midfielders. How many more you guys need to the, you know, to when he was asked the questions and now it's like, Oh, yeah, maybe we want to take more risks in the transfer market and stuff like that, you know, like James Pierce is, like, riding today. But at the same time, Gally, are we – to play the devil's advocate, because it's what I do, for these young kids like Curtis, like Elliot, 
is it partially because we're being a little bit unfair on them and throwing them into a situation where the people around them are not performing you know before when you had all the gears working properly and you throw taki over there he gets a goal you put you know like jones over there he works like a wonder shot and stuff like that we're like oh how cute we're developing these guys at the same time the future is bright but when the gears around them already in shambles are we kind of like setting up these kids to fail in the first place and hoping that they carry the team? They were just a part of the team before. They were never there to carry the team. And it almost feels like because of everybody else's form, we're kind of like asking for them to carry the load now. Like literally the entire load. Not just I mean, load. yeah. Are they, are they kids or are they professional footballers? And the only reason I say this is, is like Harvey Elliott, went on loan and for anyone that could watch him he basically pounded his chest said i'm a man and i'm helping lead this group of men on loan with me like at at this club like i'm ready to play i'm gonna go back to liverpool and until he got injured he looked that part and he's trying to find his way into that curtis jones is 22 or 23 years old i think he's got a kid he's a goddamn man like, he is playing football, knows how to play the game. He's just got to do a job. Where I think he is, to your point, where I'll agree with you is, is I do think it's a disservice to play him in a holding two when he's never done it before and do it at the Premier League level. I think that's unfair. I think when you move him up to left wing later in the match, he looks just as tactically unaware and forgot about his defensive assignments multiple times and still didn't track back. So I don't know if I just blame his deficiencies in his game when he was the holding midfielder. He just doesn't play with a defensive mindset. He wants to do his own thing all the time. And I just, he doesn't feel like he fits in. If anything, the mistake was, was putting these guys into the equation. They should have been the extra layers to the side. They should have been what made the thing special the way that when Pep won the thing his first year and everyone killed him for not playing Foden and we'd see Foden in the 89th minute and Pep would be like kid will get his chances there'll be plenty of time for you to see young Phil Foden everyone will get their Phil Foden he knew he had a diamond in the rough and he could have rolled him out there but he didn't have to because their side was deep enough of like fit and like grown ass men who could sub in and do a job. And right now we fill those ranks with young kids because we don't have any other options. And, and that was putting too much faith in Kata. Let's just call it. Kata was an absolute epic failure. The whole thing, like an epic failure. And it's the type of failure it's hard to get out of the way of. And we always say we don't get to make mistakes like that. That's the difference between us and Chelsea. Well, Kate is a 60-something million-dollar failure, which is why we've struggled at replacing him in the midfield or getting more midfield reinforcements. And Ox, though it looked to be a success in the long run with the wages and how long it took, it turned out to be a failure, too, in the overall transfer. Because when we really needed him to play a big role in the – He's not there, and, and we're left with three players. And honestly, that's what it boils down to. And I think that's why we see Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott and Carvalho play, to Paul's point, probably rolls two years ahead of where they should be in the natural progression of this club.
So I was, I'm glad you mentioned Ox because uh, am I the only one? Because I was waiting to be able to say a great opportunity for him when he was walking in. I mean, I was I had it tied. It was just going to be a paste and sand, you know. Uh, but are you guys shocked like Bickler that he did not come in in a game like this? I was expecting him to be, especially when we're trying to get a goal in. Because one thing we were talking about in the post match with Mecca is compared to, for example, somebody like Carvalho. Ox, because of his age, he has been in tougher situations and he has delivered. He has played bigger games. So it's a lot easier for him to adjust to a bigger moment than somebody like Carvalho to come in and save the day or Jones to come in and save the day. Are you shocked that he didn't get a chance in the last like 20 minutes or so to come in the game against Leeds when he was ready to go? And you know he was ready to go because like he's been practicing. So my answer is no. But I, I think I want to delineate between uh, was I surprised and should I have been surprised? Like, I think, like, probably looking at where we're at in that bench, I should have been surprised that he wasn't called on. But I wasn't surprised because I gave up on him uh, in my soul so fucking long ago <laughs> that, like, <laughs> that, like, like, he, even when he makes the bench, like, my, like, I don't mentally register that he's on the bench. Like, and so I think I probably in a weird way would have been more surprised if they called him because I would have been like, oh, eh. like, but like, I, I just think that, um, like, look, he's been given so many chances to come in and make, make an impact, but it, it's also one of those things that like, he, he is a player. He's one of those players that I feel like needs a serious run of play to, to, to find form. Like, I think he needs that consistency to find his level. Like, I don't think he's – he's, like, the opposite of Divock. Like, he can't just come in and make a moment. Like, I feel like he's a dude that needs that, like, regular rhythm. And if he doesn't have that rhythm, it's very, very hard for him. Like, I, Isn't what, that, like, hard to give him that? I mean – Absolutely, which is why I think it's just dead him? wood. Absolutely. And that's why I think it's just dead wood. Like, I that's think, like, he, he – Go, Go ahead. ahead. No, I was just gonna I was say, just, I just, oh, I, I just think that, yeah, we're just all gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, that's where we're it's at. I mean, we're just like, <laughs> let's just all like, I mean, that's just the microcosm of where we're at. We'll just all interrupt each other and just pass out under a bridge somewhere. Um, I just think, like, I, I just, it, it's been dead wood for so long because I just think that he needs something that we can't give him. We can't give him enough minutes for him to find that form. And he's never going to be that person that comes off cold off the bench and provides that spark. I just don't see him being that type of player. He's never been that player. Even when he was at his best healthy at Arsenal, he was never that guy that came off the bench and gave him spark. He was at his best when he had a defined role in regular minutes and regular rhythm. And that's why I thought, you know, getting him, I mean, to be able to do that, you're not going to give him starts unless, you know, against in the League Cup, he'll probably get a start. But, I mean, give him 15 minutes, 20 minutes here and there. Because if in the beginning of the season you're going to say, hey, we have this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and then they're injured, right? Then you complain that who would have known that Ox and Keita is going to be injured? <laughs> well, then he's freaking back. Why is he not playing? And that's why I get lost. And then you never thought he was the guy for that then why did you freaking count him? And that's the inconsistent that bugs me. And that's what makes it's it. It's like if you have a player who's consistently ready to go all freaking 90 minutes and I didn't get to use it. Yeah, if you need him to be, if you need him to have regular minutes to catch a rhythm and he's regularly injured, that player's no good for you. I guess that's fair. I mean, go ahead, Gallagher. 
Well, I just think when it comes to Ox, here's my take on it. And I, I stood on this, you know, this was my kind of point in the summertime. And I think Jurgen even kind of alluded to it a few different times without saying it. He did everything but tell Ox to go find another club in the summer, and he didn't. So when Jurgen said our numbers are what they are and then named off everyone, if you remember the way he named all those players off, I think he actually named all the kids before he got to Ox because he was still injured at the time. But ultimately, I think Ox was already the seventh or the eighth option. He just happened to get hurt on top of it. Like, I, I just feel like Ox had already kind of played himself out of the long-term plans where Klopp was already saying he's not getting another contract. If he, if players want to go seek places to play football, they can look to play football. We'll never stand between a player and playing football. He basically might as well have just said, Ox, I'll pack your shit, man. I hired the moving <laughs> company. Like, we need number 15. Like, can you please? I mean, it was well, everything. I think it was but... more about us picking some of the wages up because nobody was going to roll oh. the dice on an often injured Ox at those rates i mean what i i can't understand why they wouldn't but what where i was going when i was trying to interrupt paul was ultimately like what he needs is to play at a club like crystal palace play at a club like leeds if he was at leeds he would start every single week every yeah. week and he'd probably get a good run and eventually he'd catch that fire and then some big club would come in the way we did after a short period of him playing well at Arsenal, the way Arsenal did after a short period of him playing well at Southampton. The problem is, is we don't have time to give him the short amount of time to play the three matches he could before January when someone could not pay anything for him. But here's my thing. So we complain about, I mean, the way we're playing, we're not able to play how we used to play. And we're putting that on a lot on, I mean, obviously poor form, but tired legs, right? If that's the case, so these fresh legs are so much worse than these tired legs then, Bickler, that we are still trotting out the tired legs who are also out of freaking form, like a double whammy, like someone like Fabinho, for example, right now, instead of playing yeah. a young kid or instead of playing somebody else in those positions, don't is it like is death an option? Like what? What are we doing here? Sounds like a question for the manager. Like <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like I, I mean, you're right though. I mean, that's the that's the dilemma, right? But like I said, all avoidable, all shit we knew this summer. It was all shit we knew this summer. Like none of this is surprising, and that's like that's like the maddening thing. And and yeah, you're right. Like the players that are often injured. Like listen. I don't think we're ever going to see a match. I, I think we've seen Naby's last match. Okay. I know they're making a deal about him training and him being healthy. I don't think we see him again. I don't, I think, I don't think he was hurt. I think it was, I, I think he is like, I think he like turned his phone off. I think he wants a move. I think he, I, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I, like legitimately, I think he's just fucking out. Like, I mean, I think he's pulling like a Ben Simmons. Like I really don't. Was like, can you play Tuesday? My messages are not going through. Yeah, it's not red. Mailbox like, full. Yeah, mailbox yeah. full. <laughs> I couldn't come to practice, Skip. I didn't know yeah. we were having it. My mailbox was full. I don't know right. how to delete I, messages. No, and I and I like I 
I legitimately call shenanigans on Kata. I think he I I do not think he plays again for us. Um, which Can honestly we sell doesn't him in January or are we stuck with him till the end of the year? I dude, like so I kind of make we made fun. Well, I've made fun of Galley about this in the past, but he's correct. We can't continue to allow players to go for free. We can't. If we can find any sort of – right Yeah, I'm kind of getting – this is kind of getting weird between the Bowen and this thing. Like, uh, it's getting uncomfortable for me. But, like, yes. Uh, like, Trust me, it's really uncomfortable <laughs> with me just watching this. <laughs> yeah, it was less uncomfortable when I was married because I was used to being wrong and I would just – I got really good at apologizing, but now it's now it's uncomfortable. Uh, so, it's like – we we've got to find a way to get him a move where we get we get some sort of money, and it's not because we need the money; it's because we can't just continue to let players go for free, because it sets a, a bad like I think at this point, it, and you know, like here's the thing: like we always talk about how we've been smart in the transfer window, and how we've done well, and how we've hit on most of our 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 transfers, and how we've done really really good value for business, and that is because we've always gone into negotiations with with a good leverage point. We don't have good leverage points anymore. People know we need players. People know that we let players go for free. Like, so like there's no incentive for a team not to wait on a player anymore. Like we've, we've, we've actually, you know, and people now are, are weary of us like taking them for a ride on a transfer. So we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot in a number of ways. So like, yeah, we've got to like, we've got to stop obsessing over whether we're losing like three or 4 million on a player versus what we think we could get. And just start start taking some sort of cash influx on this because we can't continue to let players go for free. So yeah, I hope we get something for Nabi. I I don't know how much like I don't know how good like I'm getting ready to say something that never mind. No, I like, I was gonna say I don't know how you good doing. Too much I was gonna say I don't know how good doing business is in January all the time. But then I think about Coutinho, Sturridge, and Luis Diaz, and I'm like, wow, what the fuck? Like, yeah, we we need to figure out something. And it's so weird because like going into this year, like I almost take responsibility for the season because I went into the year being like, oh, like the only thing that could fuck up our year is a World Cup in the middle of the season. And now I'm like, thank God there's a World Cup in the middle of the season. Like, so yeah. yeah I'm not going to agree with Galley because we don't want his head getting any bigger than uh, it's fucking he, weird. He can barely fit in the square. We have him on YouTube over here. We're, we no, can't I mean, take any more pictures of Galley at FanFest taking pictures anyway. So you got to like, got to reel this in. I think, you know, here's the thing, you know, with the guys that, you know, like we talked about in the past, Galley, like you mentioned that we didn't get anything for. I mean, some of those guys at least were contributing, you know, like Genie. Now, he was there every goddamn week, still playing to his capacity. Uh, Emre John, like he was there every freaking week playing to his capacity. We basically juiced everything we can get out of him, at least. In Keita, there is zero to gain. So, I mean, even if somebody comes in and says, I'll give you a dollar, uh, you're going to have to be like, okay, I guess. You know, here, here's Keita. And then here's his other hip and leg on another bag. <laughs> and then you can have him uh, have a good day. Yeah, I mean, I, they can have the whole Keita. <laughs> They can have the whole kid. You can have both hips. You can have his bag. You can take his hairline. You can take his uh, fake hairline. Like, bring it all. You can take that awkward Kata that shows up clean shaven. 
Like you can have if you can have his little uh postage stamp shin guards that we saw he took off. I'm like, no wonder he got that broken ankle from Pogba. He took off the shin guard that was this big. I'm like, no, what do you think that's gonna do? Like, he's like, oh, that dude should have body armor. Like he yeah, should be wearing like, like Dad, the black panther suit. <laughs> um but no, I listen. I would say my biggest thing with Kata is this. The promise was so big because we waited a year. And then anyone like me that gets all into these transfers, I watched so much Bundesliga football that year. And he was so bleeping fucking good that I was, was. like, this dude is just going to show up here and dominate. Like, he is just going to come like to the Premier League. Bleeping fucking good, by the way. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I bleeped out, and then I dropped so the F-bomb. So what did you bleep out, is my question. He was pretty <laughs> fucking good. It's a word that shouldn't be said, let me tell you. Um, but he, he was just so good. And you know what? It pains me to say this. I expect him to go somewhere else and be great again. Like, I don't think the end of his football is over. I just think a kid went to Liverpool that probably never should have went to that city, never should have played for that side. None of it added up. But if he went to Inter Milan, I could see him going right back to being one of the best midfielders in Serie A and bossing things like he did at Leipzig. If he goes to the right place, if he went back to Leipzig, he might have a huge time. If he goes to Dortmund, like there are places where he'll We succeed. should have seen this coming. You, you know, the one thing that kind of concerned me about Naby, and I didn't want to admit it to myself because I was so – we're getting the Bundesliga player of the year, right? I was so excited about it. The red flag that didn't sit right with me when he was coming was the way that he left his club. Yeah. If you remember, he basically got thrown out of practice when they were hanging up the transfer and saying he wasn't going to be able to come right away. He he basically went two-footed in on one of his own teammates in a practice, got thrown out of practice, and like didn't come to training for like two weeks. And like the, he finally came back, you know, pissed off, not talking to anybody. And, like, I just wanted to chalk that up as a player that really wanted to be at Liverpool. But then, like, like I think about that, and it's like, man, that's pretty much all the behavior we kind of vet ourselves against when we look at players. <laughs> like, so, I don't know. I mean, that was the that was kind of the red flag for me. And, and I'm not going to say that that's, like, an indicator of, like, why he didn't succeed. But, like, maybe that should have caused me to have been, like, man, So, let me ask you know. this, then, since that, that you're saying it's not it. What do you think it is? Is it just he's not up to the pace of the Premier League as a player? Or, like, or strength-wise? Or, like Galley is saying, we waited so long for him and the expectation was so high, he just kind of, like, you know... Uh, like could not live up to that expectation. And obviously the injuries came right afterwards. Well, I mean, we had high expectations, but like, I think regardless of whether we had the wait for them or like, I think the expectations would have been the same high transfer, like high dollar transfer Bundesliga player of the year. That doesn't matter whether you wait for that guy or not. You're excited about him and you should be excited about him. Yeah. I think, when I look at him, he looks like a player. And, like, I think the weird thing is is that we always sort of equate the Bundesliga to the closest comp to the EPL because of the physicality of the Bundesliga. That, like, certainly La Liga, Serie A, 
and League One don't have. Okay. Um, I mean, I think that some of those leagues are probably more technical than the Bundesliga, but the Bundesliga has the pace and the physicality of the championship EPL, that kind of area. And I think so. We think that that's like the easiest comp into the EPL. Kato looks like a player that will be a great League One player, but a shitty EPL player. I think that just he enjoys, I think he needs more time and space than you get in the EPL. Yeah. Yeah. He'll, he he needs that time on the ball. He like a slow like La Liga. He would f- ace it in because like there's it's all about technical buildup, and I think he needs that. Um, I think part of it is we never played a formation that he was like he played an advanced attacking midfield position, and basically the in in basically the formation that we run a lot now yeah. this year the this four would, two two two. This would this would absolutely play to his skill sets more than any other player on the entire in the yep. entire side honestly yeah but yeah he it doesn't matter he killed it in this formation but it doesn't yeah, matter I mean, because I, he wouldn't be on the pitch well and that's the that's the flip side of it i mean the dude is dude can never be on the pitch and he, we've had you know it i mean we say you know like oh maybe like he was not good enough or fast enough strong enough for the epl but you know, he said spells, but we're like, all right, this is the guy. And then he gets injured again. I mean, when we were going on that run before, like, freaking, like, Pogba broke him in two, you know, he was having a great run that time of the season, and then we lost he- him again. So, I mean, some of it has been perhaps, like, he was good enough. We just could not keep him healthy. And like I said, some of them are not just, like, muscle injuries. Like, that injury he's had against United with Pogba, I mean, there's... No, but no ankle, no shin guard is blocking that, Scally. <laughs> no, he was he was sneaky good last year. Like it gets under, it's way under the radar how sneaky good he was from start like to Ox finish. Like in the over title the- winning year, I know what you. Well, mean. yes, yes, no, but that can't be <laughs> under the radar. You still talk about it every week. Yeah. How can it That's be not under, the under the radar? That is yeah. that is one of those things. That's the thing where the guy. That's a post guy- you've been staring at for three years. It, it is. That's that moment. That's that stat that you tell everyone. Like the most underrated thing about this guy is his speed on the bases. Way to troll Jolly to mention. Now look at this. Now we're off the road. That was two. That was a beach ball. I feel like slamming. <laughs> that was unbelievable. I no, just like that was just that was great. But I mean, really, of course, Ox <laughs> in the championship season, unbelievable. Oh god. So let me. I'm going to ask you a question for once, Timuchin, because well. When a show goes off the rails, let it go completely <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> uh, I can feel myself there. growing another chin. <laughs> no, tomorrow, right? We have to actually play a match tomorrow. And then, and it used to be we l- would lose so infrequently that I would like just couldn't wait for the next match because it was like, get that taste out of my mouth. Now I'm like, ah, do we really have to fucking do this again in 72 hours? Like, that is some bullshit. They're going to ruin a Tuesday too? You already ruined Saturdays and Sundays and every other day that ends in Y. But so tomorrow, you playing kids? Are you playing a mixture like if Virgil van Dyke starts tomorrow, is it almost as bad as starting Jota against Michelin? Yes. Mm, no, but you must be seeing my nose. I was, I was going to ask you that, damn it. But no, uh, I'll answer that. I think it's a mix. It should be a mix, even though it didn't totally sound like it's from his press conference today. Uh, but I think you're going to see 
a lot more kids and I would for two reasons. One, this game doesn't mean anything, doesn't get you anything. Okay. I I mean, you can field our best lineup right now. We can't beat Leeds, so I highly doubt we're gonna beat Napoli 3-0-4-0 or whatever. So that's one. There's nothing to be gained from playing those guys. And you play Spurs this weekend in a very important game that you need to get a result out of. And I, I hate to say it, a result at this point could even be a draw because it's an away game. But either way, you need, if your complaint is fresh legs and we can't play the way we want to play because of not having fresh legs, I would play a mixture and rest the guys you need to rest so that they can play this weekend and play the kids. And another way of that is, psychologically, I think you go all out and play your ideal lineup. Get hammered by Napoli again, similar to the first game. And, you know, Gomez might not be out there. It might be Conate. So you don't have Gomez to freaking, like, pull out at halftime and make it the scapegoat where your entire team just got pummeled by Napoli. You get a game like that, it's even more demoralizing. Whereas you play a mix, and even if the score doesn't go your way, you lose at Anfield, whatever – you can kind of say, well, it doesn't matter anyway. We accomplished the mission, which he said in the press conference today in terms of qualifying for the next round. And then you get fresher legs for the weekend. So we're still in good shape. This game doesn't matter. So I think both psychologically and physically, it doesn't make any sense to play anybody and everybody who can play. I would rest as many as possible. Yeah, I, I I do agree with that. Paul, are you going to start the kids? You Actually, we're going to go specific with you, Paul. Are you starting Mo, Darwin, or Bobby? Or how many of those three? No, that's that's the fucking problem, though. <laughs> like, you have to start a mix of them because you have to start a mix of them because there's not enough like backups to actually put in. Which Divac. is just, ter- <laughs> just fucking terrifying, dude. Because, like, I swear to God, if we start Kanadi and he gets hurt, I swear to God. Um, and, like, Matip, like, dude, has, has he set the Guinness world record for, like, most serious calf injury? Like, how long can a calf injury possibly put you out? Like, I do not understand and that. you know, when it was Shaq, we were talking, he was talking about, because his muscles are so big and stuff like that. It's not the case with Matip, so I don't know what the hell is going on with this calf. I don't know. I, I, I feel I think- like... I feel like Matip took all of his his 16 or 14 months of whatever voodoo and yoga and whatever he did to stay healthy for all 63 matches last year. I think Matip bottled all that up and then was like, you guys do realize I show back up next year and I am still Joel Matip. And if things don't go right, it's it's two weeks and an injury, two weeks and an injury. And I think that's why it was so important to get Kanate back. I'm with you, Paul. I'm a little nervous. I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. I give Big Nat Phillips the start tomorrow. I don't Why care not? if we lose five so to seven, not? nothing. I think I would actually go with the suicide squad. I'd go Phillips and Gomez. And I'd go literally, I'd go literally quicksand, quicksand. And, and, and Ramsey. And Ramsey. Yeah. Why not? Oh, oh, Ramsey. I'm going to tell you right now, Ramsey has to start tomorrow. He's playing 80 plus minutes with the under 21s. That means he's he scored an absolute beauty, too. He's played great from what people say. He has to play. He needs some minutes. Why not bet him in tomorrow? I'd play Mm -hmm. the two of them. I'd play Simicast. I would literally go Suicide Squad. I'd play Phillips, yeah. maybe Gomez. Just, you can't up top, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no numbers. Like, who are you going to – if you don't play Nunez, Bobby, and Mo. I, who's I didn't say all of them. I was just saying oh, how okay. many of them are On you the playing. Like, line you can. I would, I would probably sit Mo. 
I I think that at some point he needs a little bit of a rest. I know he's not going to the World Cup. Maybe you want. Maybe this is a big opportunity for us. Yeah, it could. You said it. (laughs) He's he's not registered, guys. He's not registered on the Champions League side. He can't play. You're right. Tease me. That's you. That's that's how you know Klopp's high at him. Once again, the manager clearly didn't have him in the plans because in August he didn't think he should be either. Right, in the European side. So I I just think, I think this is a weird one. This would be the match where I'd start the Kane kid. I would. I'd I'd give the Polish freaking prince, his buddy Polish Messi, I'd let him slide in. Like, play some real deep kids in the academy. Why not? Like, honestly, we're playing at home. And the best we can do is go out there and hope something crazy happens. Like we score early, they get a red card and the game gets turned on its head. And even then, I don't know we could win this match 4-0. And that's the only way we win the group, right? 4-0? It's almost like if you play all the kids. That's not real. It's almost like if you get if you play all the kids and we get smoked, we clap them off for the effort. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? The psychological thing I'm talking about, you know, like yeah. there's no point in fielding a team and be like, yeah, this Napoli team is going to kick our ass regardless of who goes out there kind of thing. And, you I'd know, the team, they're on like a roll. That's another thing. I mean, Klopp kept saying it too, probably like the most informed team in Europe right now, yeah. and rightfully so. So why why risk it? You know what this all means. That means that, means that we're going to see our starting yeah. 11 out there. We are. We're going to get our starting 11. That's what's going to frustrate me. I I would honestly yeah. play Kelleher in the match. He hasn't started a match all year. He's yeah. only going to get a few League Cup games. With our luck, we'll probably get bounced out of one. I'd give him a match and let Allison take a rest for basically being heroics. Napoli, the, the rumors in Italy are is that Napoli is planning to maybe send their youth team because they believe they can still figure out a way to finish top of the group. And they know that they can't have injuries because they actually are at the top of the table in Syria. I mean, they're not just playing good in Europe. They're playing great yeah. in Italy. I mean, they are the best yeah. team in Europe, like in a power rankings world, it's real Madrid. Cause they're holding the title and don't lose matches the fuckers. And then it's freaking, it's probably Napoli too I mean, with Bayern Munich right there with them. If we were like, you know, if the roles were flipped, I mean, we would probably still want a mix, right? I mean, if we had like had a guarantee that all we had to do is not lose 4-0 away at Italy, we would probably say, hey, we got a game this weekend, uh, rest as many people as you can and play a mix. I think we're going to see a mix. I don't think we're going to see the extreme that you're throwing out there, Gally, in an ideal world. I don't think we'll, I don't think Klopp will ever do that. And... I don't think we're fielding a full lineup either. I think we are seeing Costas out there. I know about Ramsey. Uh, we're definitely seeing Milner out there because he was in the press conference. Uh, so that's always a tell sign right there that he'll be starting the game. And um, I well, think we're throwing maybe midfield. like Nunez out there and resting Bobby and Mo. You would think those guys need more rest than like Nunez. But I think we're going to see a mix. I, I... I think if Milner's playing, he's clearly playing in the midfield. Yes. Because, you know, Fabinho can't be anywhere near this pitch. Tiago can't be near the pitch. So maybe you're going to go out there. Or do you play Fabinho to play out of his ruts? God, dude. See? He's not putting Hando or Tiago out there who can get hurt. Look, is this weird that Bernie's, did he die this summer? 
And like we not no, like was he on vacation and like well, did fell you guys off see my or something? Did you see my thing? I was watching the freaking I was watching whatever the Premier League show was, and they did like one of those moments in the morning where all they got all these players and they're literally holding up these like terrible little like like signs like they were at like a photo booth, like little kids at like a trunk or treat type thing, Paul. And they were holding up like boo and like and witches over their eyes. And everybody had these different things and all the players are doing it. And the only player who didn't hold up a sign, didn't do a thing was Fabinho. He just stood there in his red Liverpool Jersey. And I jokingly posted in discord, like it almost looked like he was as lost doing this as he's been playing football. Like he showed up, they gave him the script and he was like, by the time it was time to go boo, he couldn't, remember his line like I think, just I think we, do you guys think do you think Bickler it's because the newer formation does not suit him as well or is it no I think he Ben Davies him I think he's a hologram dude I don't even think he's a real person anymore like I think he died and we like like I somehow like resuscitated his actual body but he's not there like it's no like the drop off is so severe like it's it, it's unreal. Like he doesn't even look like the like I I can't see like a shadow of that player that we know as Fabinho in there. Like it doesn't look anything like he doesn't have any instinctual prowess there, like to step forward when he needs to step forward. He's like dropping he's dropping off runners, like just weird stuff like the ball over the top that he loves isn't there. Like he's not hitting the switch at all. Like it's just, I, I, it's such a dramatic drop off. Like I, I'm not like he's either got to be injured or he's dead. And I don't know which one it is yet, but like it, I feel like it's some of the weird. position positioning now does not suit him as well. And he does not do the same things he used to. He almost acted like, a sweeper in midfield before where you had the two in front of him press and he would basically cut off the counters and cut off whatever was coming out of that press. Whereas now he has to cover more area and it's kind of like not the same press in front of him. Or or is he just a victim of, you know, the press not being as good in the first place, Gary? So I think, I think your second point is, Spot on. I think a big part is the press is not nearly as good as it was, right? It's not as instinctive and it's not as cohesive, which doesn't make it as effective. To your first point and to something Paul's been talking about, the tired legs, the like mental and physical fatigue. We've played shit ton of matches, however many it is, 180 or something like that in the last two and a half calendar years. I would argue that he has had less cover than anyone in our side the entire time. Adequate cover, which means in every big match, every high leverage match, that dude gave you 90 plus minutes of balls out. And to your point, Samuchin, he did it in a way of almost being like everybody's eraser. He cleaned up. We always said if Fabinho plays well, we win. And this is where I come back to it came back this year. When, when we all called for a formation change, in some ways we called for Fabinho. We all called for Fabinho to get legitimate cover. 
I mean, we all remember the funny Discord arguments about whether or not Tyler Martin was a legitimate <laughs> backup option for him last year, right? And now it's right now. But it, it, ultimately, we've done nothing to support Fabinho the entire time he has been at Liverpool as far as getting him a viable, legitimate understudy. And I think that we're seeing if if we are seeing a certain player break down because of the rigors of a Jurgen Klopp system and the demands of it, we're seeing it more in our face at a Fabinho in his prime than any of the other pieces. Virgil, Trent, their dips in form isn't as much down to fatigue, in my opinion, as what I believe is just the absolute fucking balls getting run off of Fabinho over the last year and a half, two years. And it's why we need a cover for him. We didn't get it. And I think we're really seeing it now. We didn't just need cover for him, right? We needed a player that could play for him. And we needed a player that could play like him alongside him for the new formation. And they got neither. And because of it, they left him out to dry. And now we're getting to pick up the pieces. So, I mean, it looks like one way or another, we're just going to stumble to the World Cup and see what happens in that month. And then who comes back, how they come back and everything afterwards. It almost sounded like, you know, listening to the the press conference for Klopp, that that's what he's waiting on to. Hanging out for dear life until we get a break. And he almost made it sound like, I mean, that's like, I don't want to open a huge topic as we end the show here, but he almost sounded like, and this is what I've been afraid of all along, that, you know, we talk about in the offseason about all these signings showing that we're going to switch the formation to 4-2-3-1 and stuff like that. And then we didn't do it in the beginning. Now we're kind of doing it, or it's a 4-4-2 or whatever the hell he wants to call it now. And he says something in the press conference in terms of like having more time to implement things and work on things and stuff like that that they did not have because of a short summer. And I have a bad, bad feeling that, you know, this was kind of like the plan all along, that like this offseason was kind of like too short. And now they're like kind of like looking to, or they realize, hey, we got to change some shits. But, I mean, we're not able to change it as well as we want to right now because we don't get – I mean, obviously, when we play so many games, you don't get a lot of practice sessions, like proper practice sessions like for, like, tactical work and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see who comes back, how they come back after the World Cup. I mean, we can't even come up with uh, five players who might possibly start tomorrow. So I know, you know, a score prediction is too much to ask, but I'm going to freaking ask anyway because it's what I do. Galley. What do you expect to see tomorrow? What's your gut feeling? Because obviously we have no idea about the lineup for both teams, really. Yeah. I, I really wish I could tell you like 2-2, two, 3-1, two, 4-1, one, one, good guys, we bounce back. I don't feel it. I feel like the best team in Europe right now is coming into Anfield, and unfortunately the home team has to play them. And it's weird to say that because it's been the opposite for most years. Um, where the best team in Anfield's the team from there. So I think Napoli actually comes in here and puts down a marker. They're the ones playing with house money, whether they play with kids or they play with their subs. I think they play with their tails up. And unfortunately, we're not a side right now that can bode well with a talented team playing with their tails up. So I'm going to say three to one Napoli. Hmm. Bickler is Anfield, European Knights, and all that good stuff. And 
this team sometimes puts out some weird performances. Like, yeah, I'm I was trying to put some positive shit out there. What I was gonna go. I was gonna go three one to be different. I'll go two nothing. Uh, Napoli. I think they're just they're too good. They're they're so they're on a roll right now. I just don't see anything that we could possibly put out there. I mean, I can see us maybe making it difficult for them, but I think they're still going to get at least two in there. I see a 2-2 coming tomorrow. I see a draw coming. Because um, I think they guy. kind of play a bit more laid back, too. And it's like the positive side. I, somebody has to be positive around you. God damn. I can't believe it has fallen on me to be positive in this damn podcast. So I don't know what the hell is going on. But, you know, trying to pick up the pieces here, people. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking it might be a draw. Uh, depends on... And like I say, it's so hard to predict because we don't know who's going to play for us and who's going to play for them. The bad thing is they can probably do some minor rotation and still be successful, whereas we're probably going to do some major rotation before even we're successful. So uh, we shall see. Well, that'll be it for this week. A late session is probably, having seen this, is probably not recommended for the future, uh, especially after Big Bear's trick-or-treating. It's been a great nights and a fun night overall uh you have three hours if you have not already to subscribe to the channel and enter the drawing for this month and then we will see we will announce the winners sometime tomorrow morning on facebook page thanks a lot everybody and if you have already subscribed please do the liking the sharing and all that good stuff get the word out sport american scouts are And then hopefully we'll be back suffering again tomorrow after the game. Take care, everybody.